boys and girls I'm your substitute teacher mr. Tinman and our first assignment today is what you want to be when you grow up so we're gonna go around the room you over there with the afro puffs what do you want to be when you grow up um, I'm thinking about a hairstylist or like a designer those are some pretty good professions and you over there in the Marlins jersey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a baseball player. Well, that's a pretty awesome profession as well. And you over there sitting there with Tierra. What would you like to be when you grow up? I want to be a DJ. Oh, that's a pretty crafty profession. And you, back there with the bus saw dreads. What would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, I, I want to be a motherfucking soldier. You better ask somebody. Hi, T. And welcome back to another edition of Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Omar Taylor, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Buzzsaw, a.k.a. your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Woo! You know what time it is. It's another lovely hump day evening. We got a whole lot to talk to you about today. But, you know, it's like 82 degrees down here in South Florida. It's another one of them lovely days. It's one of them days where, listen, I went outside just so I can, like, just breathe in some fresh air. Like, getting gas was was a good thing for me today. But, listen, you know what I say. Regardless of the time. Oh, what am I hearing here? Regardless of that time. Take that, take that, take that. Oh, and regardless of the weather. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So, let's start talking. My T Sports. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. The show is good today. We got we got a lot to talk about. Listen, I'm telling you. I don't know how many times I gotta have to tell you. There's definitely gonna be a cleanup on L8 today because you already know it's week one of the N and the NBA. And you know what? Week one of the NBA did not disappoint. We still got week eight and week nine of the NFL to get into today. So you know what? You know what? Let's go ahead and hop right into it. First of all, first of all, first things first. I wasn't sure how I was gonna start the show off today. Cause there was a lot, there was a lot that happened. But you know what? I figured. We'll start with the kids, right? Like, like, let's start with the kids because the kids don't get enough shine sometimes. And you know, and you know, and you know, and you know, talent he loves the kids, right? You know, talent Omar loves the kids. You know, you know, I got a message to the youth of America. Smoke weed every day. And that's to stay in school. Do your homework. Eat your vitamins. 
find a dream and chase it, regardless of what you want to be. Just chase it. Give everything you got. Sac sacrifice the nights going out. Sacrifice the partying. Sacrifice, you know, you make some sacrifices and chase it because the more condensed time that you focus into is the more condensed time that it'll take for you to reach. And then once you reach your goal, you'll be able to get everything that you had to sacrifice. Tenfold. Just saying. So, let's talk about the kids, right? Because the kids are the future of America, right? I believe the church is our future. Kind of shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's been a while since we've had to make a meteoric event of this one. But here we are. Our four minutes, 45 seconds into the show. And we already didn't prepare for it. That's how much we wasn't even thinking that was going to happen today. Which is really odd. Since I'd probably do drop one of those every single show. What was it? If this your first time listening to the show? Then you may have to go back and listen to some old shows to even understand what I'm talking about. But once again, what were we talking about here? Remind the folks. First of all, first of all, first things first. We're talking about the kids, right? And the kids are the, are the, are the, are the ones that are in college. The NCAA college students, as to say, or the, or the NCAA athletes, as you can say. And the NCAA has passed out an amendment, right, on an addendum that says, you know what? We are gonna allow players to do their um to allow to make them allow them to make money off of their likeness. Um, all schools come up with some kind of system by 2021. And you see how weird that is? How all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we'll allow it. Now schools come up with a uniform system. So now they are going to try to t make, take and let make every single, what is it? Division one, division two, division three. All these schools have to now come together to make a uniform decision on how it all benefits them to, you know, it's something that not only benefits students, but benefits them in a way. And we're going to start seeing how, because NCAA don't think, they ain't slick. They ain't slick. They know what they did. They were like, oh, you know what? The people want to do this. Let's go ahead and let them make all these decisions then. And, let, and, let, and let's see what happens when you have 1,800 and, you know, 1,852 schools all trying to, all, all trying to come up with, um, with one decision instead of a boardroom of five people. And you know how long it takes us to make a decision. Or a boardroom of 13 people. And you see how long it takes us to make a decision. Let's let them come up with this. You have until 2021. What happens after 2021? Are they going to say, oh, since you guys couldn't come up with a decision, then fuck you then. Um, I guess you just can't get no money. No, 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 no. But it's them trying to throw a smokescreen as if this is something that they even cared about. And as Jalen Rose once said, it shows you real quickly about the people that have have money and power and how much they, they really don't want to relinquish any of the money, even when it doesn't even affect their bottom line anymore. Some people just don't want to see... A, uh, a certain demographic of individuals make money. Take it how you want it. Spend it how you need to. You know, add in there who you need to add into. But certain people, regardless of what they are, some people just don't like to see a certain kind of people, a certain, certain kind of people make money. Whether it's old people don't like to see young people make money. You know, whether, 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 whether it's it's people without pigment like don't like to see pigment with people with pigment make money. Like, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. It's in there somewhere <laughs> that somebody does not want these kids to make money off of themselves, which is really the only time that you say. And and listen, I've said it here before, right? Because listen, it's the only place that you that you can hear this at about about, col about in college where you, people can't make money off themselves. But 
we said it here before. I wonder if all of this is built into the letter of content, on the letter of intent, whatever it is that you have to sign to go to college. I wonder if it's all tied into that. I want to see if a player is good enough, in um, if he's good enough through his grades and and through his athleticism enough, if he's able to go to school on an athletic scho- on an athletic scholarship on a sorry academic scholarship, and he if he never signs the letter of content to go on an athletic sco- to go to go for an athletic scholarship and and go play school and play go play ball with this school, I wonder if that will change the will that will change the the, the verbiage of his. Of 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 him made him being able to make money off of his likeness, and I want somebody to try to do this within the next couple of years, because it really intrigues me. Of where are they? Where are they signing over their rights? It has to be in that letter of intent, because I don't I don't think of anybody else in college signing that letter. So it has to be that when you get an athletic scholarship. So I want to see somebody on an academic scholarship just go to that school and then just try out for the team. Let's see that coach not let them on that team. And then let's see what happens then. Or let's see what happens when it just looks like, hey, I am just going to come here, play. I'm just going to come here, do my academics, and I'll try out for the team. And I don't have, want anything to do with having to do this with your school and having to do this for athletics and having to do this with athletics. I'm just here to try out for the team. Once you try out for the team and you make the team, do you have to sign that letter of intent then? Like, like, where is it at the point that you sign over all your rights? Because if it's illegal at some point in time, that means I had to sign over, I had to sign some paperwork to make this illegal. It's like having a non-compete in some industries. Right? You have to sign something that says that, hey, I can't make dough for myself. That's literally what you said. I can't make money for myself while I'm an adult. And that's the hardest thing to believe ever. Like, the only people that I can understand this I'm being given to is people in jail. I understand you said, like, oh, bro, it's not, that, it's not that stiff. Like, these guys are getting a scholarship. But, again... The scholarship literally is stripping you of every other regular normal right. If I go to school normally, I can still work out at the gym. Granted, I don't have the, the athletic facility to go work out, but I still got a great gym. And guess what happens? If my school benefits enough from having a great program, right? Some kind of great athletic program. You know where some of this money goes into? The regular gym as well. Is it the the gym facility for the athletes? No, but who cares? I still have a regular gym that was for free. Shit, I had a regular gym for free at FAU and at Broward College. It doesn't take much. And and you know what? And you know what? I was impressed by the gym at FAU. (laughs) The regular old gym. So, you see the NCAA now putting this into works that, okay, we can't fight this side of it, and we're definitely going to allow this portion of it to go on without any more hitches. You guys just come up with a game plan. And something's going to get worked out, and now that it's now that it's an NCAA rule, now you don't have to worry about all of the state legislation. So now what it also does, right, it takes, it takes a lot of pressure over state legislators. To say that, oh, I'm going to have to go ahead and pass this bill. Because basically what happens now, also, 
Let's say, let's say I was twisted. On the other side of it, a lot of those same people that really didn't want um this law to pass, they get to hide under the cloud that the NCAA passed it without it having to go around to each individual school and each individual state to ha start having a law passed and to start having school laws changed. The NCAA just came out with it. Because what you would have started seeing is that as New York and as L.A. and as certain places um, spearheaded and jumped on this, there were going to be some schools and some, and some states that were going to say, like, oh, we really don't want this. As some states have already kind of expressed in their, in, 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 in their own passive-aggressive ways. They've already started like so you would have started seeing a light shined on those guys. And what really happened here as well? They didn't want that light, that spotlight to be shunned, to be turned back on them eventually. So let NCAA work it out. And and while and now what happens, while the NCAA puts it now on all of the schools, remember, this is going to be a light shined on the, the legislatures of the state and also the schools. Now it just goes back into the schools. But now what happens is as that now since the NCAA has passed the whole entire rule, now we really don't hear about the schools that don't want to pass. Now we just get to hear about, oh, there's kickback on this portion, or there's kickback on that portion, or we're going to hear about some egregious suggestions. You see those egregious suggestions? Those are, those are, those are just hiccups and speed bumps and distractions coming from the sorry-ass motherfuckers that really don't want nobody to get any more money. That's really what that's. So when you hear about the ridiculous shit, right? When you hear about the smoke, when you hear about when you when you, when you hear about static, and when you hear about things not running smoothly, just remember it's all those other guys that are now hiding under the cloud that the NCAA passed it and just said, "Hey, let the school do do it." And now while they give all that feedback and it takes two years to figure it out, NCAA gets to come back now and say, "Hey, see, it took they could even get it figured out amongst themselves." And that's because you allowed the hypocrites and the bigots to hide underneath this cloud that you just allowed. Don't let the NCAA fool you. They made a good public statement, but they allowed a lot of fucking loopholes and a lot of Pandora box shit to go ahead and progress. They allowed they allowed for a lot of backbiting to go on behind the scenes and allow for them to hide underneath what is now going to be considered something that's supposed to be progressive over the next two years this is a this is a good chess move by the ncaa and i hope everybody sees past it and i hope the people that are in power that can get moves done sees past the bullshit that they just laid out go ahead and read uh, go ahead and finish reading up on that story that the ncaa just put out it really doesn't say much but it does allow a lot of room for things to be delayed, for a lot of false information to come out there, and for a lot of BS to go behind the to go on behind the scenes. As the people that really doesn't want this to get passed get to throw a lot of garbage into the air. Don't let it fool you. We're gonna take our first break of the show because you know what? Then it's just a good time to stop. But we come back. I guess we just go go into some NFL because you know what? I want to make sure that I finish off all over your face with NBA talk at the end of the show. This is the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, Adam Thomas Taylor. And keep on listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
tired of being ripped off by those other guys, then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. Oh, man, that was an old one I didn't even, man. That was, folks, you know what you just witnessed? And I may have to start bringing this back. That was the original commercial for Multivest Games. I don't even the original. Yeah, listen, if you know the show, then you realize that you haven't heard that one probably since season one. And you know what? Based off how much information it puts in there, it doesn't get too much into details. It doesn't give away too much. I don't have to worry about it too much. It is a nice, very short one for Multivest Games and how to find them and what they do. But if you don't know about Multivest Games, oh no. These are the people that they buy, sell, and trade games and gaming consoles. Listen, like it says in the commercial, being a taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Don't continue to be ripped off by those other guys. Head to Multivest Games. Get the value you deserve on all your gaming and gaming products. Multivest Games. Save more so you can play more. And you guys lucky I'm no longer behind the counter because when I was behind the counter, after a Dolphin win, if you came to the store, I used to give you a nice little discount if you showed me a ticket. I know that's not much to say this year, but in the past... And not for nothing, this week may be your first victory, Miami Dolphins. So take this as a little gift to you as a special delivery because I'm going to be there at that game. And this is not something that I am going to want to see is 25,000 or whatever many thousand fake Dolphin fans celebrating around me. But you know what? We're not even going to talk about that. We're actually going to first talk about week seven in the N. <clears throat> Wait, are we on week seven yet? Nope. Sorry, we're on week eight. Bring it back for me, B. So we have week Eight going on of the NFL and listen week eight went off in a very good way because if you listen to the my T sports pick then for the most part you should have done really really good as this week I came away with only three losses and that really depends on where you got your information from it depends if you got your information from the podcast listening to it live or if you got it from the website and from the and from the social media pages because depending on which one you got there were two different picks so we we can with, with, with a decent with a decent record 
And you could have came away with some very good winners, depending on what you said. And also, depending on who you are, right? Then you would have realized that there was a certain, it was a little pattern that went on. And you could very easily see where I lost my three games at. Because my three games could have been considered heart picks if depending on how you looked at them coming from me. Depending on the logic that you heard me that you heard me spew for these. Because the only games that I lost happened to be my New York teams. Everything else I got right. Yup, folks, that was it. So if you didn't think the Jets was going to part a victory that, and you decided, like, you know what, I don't really trust him. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Then you started off better than I did already. If you went with the picks that I put online, then you know I picked Philly over Buffalo. Which means, I'm sorry, I picked Detroit over the Giants. Which means that you're doing already better than what we gave live for the picks. And if you just don't believe in Buffalo from how bad I've been talking about Buffalo just failing for the second half of a season. Like, granted... We're now just at week eight. Second half of the season starts for them officially coming up now, tomorrow. So, I didn't, I didn't expect the crumble to come so soon. So, since we didn't expect the crumble to come so soon, let's talk about our 12 and 3 record. Big up, big up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you back there. I appreciate you. So how do you want to start this? Let's start off with the Thursday night showdown. It was Washington going into Minnesota, folks. And the game went exactly how you probably thought it was going to go. We had Minnesota come away with a 19-9 victory as Kirk Cousins decided to keep the love in all of the family. He got the ball around, spread the ball around enough that, you know what? You know what? 143 of them receiving yards went over to, yep, you already know, Stephon Diggs. And my apologies, Dalvin Cook. I don't think that you made it onto the list today. Now, listen, this could have been on a, a mix-up on my part, or this could have been a slight overlook, but I don't, I didn't see if Dalvin Cook actually broke into the 100-yard marker this week. So, you know what? He doesn't get this week. A, a, a honorable mention, but you know what we bring on because you know what, Dalvin Cook this whole entire season has been, if nothing else, a MVP candidate running back, as if nothing else, right? If nothing else, we can see that he has been the running back to go ahead and, and and take and help take that city to victory. And listen, and it seems that Kirk Cousins has answered the bell. Listen, as, as it only is Stefan Diggs that, that is there now as their best wide receiver as they lost um Adam Thielen last week to an injury. We're gonna see if Stefan Diggs can also stay healthy himself to help his team stay um stay healthy as Dalvin Cook stays healthy and helps with that run game. Because listen, when you have Dalvin Cook, when you have Stephon Diggs, that still is a good enough one-two punch. You're just missing that third piece. But I think this team will be all right for a little while as he recovers. Next up, we had Seattle go into Atlanta. And Seattle continues to dominate the Bird game with a 27-20 victory over the Falcons and showed them why they, now the Seahawks, happened to be the best birds in the game. And that was all done behind six receptions and 100 yards behind Tyler Lockett. Next up, we had Tennessee taking on Jameis. Turn over chain, turn over chain, turn over chain. Winston, actually, my, my apologies. Wait, was Jamie, Jamie Winston didn't shows that, wait, Marcus Barriota, he showed us out 
Wait, Marcus Mario didn't play either? Then who played? Chad Pennington. Not Chad Pennington. I think you're mixing up your your your, your former Dolphin players here. You're talking about that Tannenhill over here. Oh, so we're talking about Chad Tannenhill. Actually, we don't care about his first name. I think it's Ryan or something. right? But Tannenhill takes over that game. And, folks, we didn't really care who played this game. We just knew Jameis Winston will probably do Jameis Winston things. And Tennessee will just find out a way enough to pull off a victory. They improved. They come out with a victory they improve 27 to 23 and we move on as the arizona cardinals go and takes on new orleans and do you feel it folks do you feel it it is in the air the breeze is back in the building and he did not dis a point with his performance folks true breeze came in and he showed us 373 yards folks three touchdowns and one interception unfortunately and if you didn't start him in that in this first game back because you decided that hey maybe i will start the consistent russell wilson and i'll let drew breeze get one game back before putting him in the game then you were wrong like your boy right here was wrong because russell wilson didn't quite have the game necessary to help win a fantasy game but you know who did do you know who did oh yeah it isn't the person of us from cover girl but you can still call him easy breezy and i'm talking about drew breeze himself folks he had a phenomenal not only regular game but fantasy game but he wasn't the only thing that shined in new orleans because you know if he put up 373 yards he had to get that ball 11 times to somebody and 11 of those passes went to michael thomas folks and the thing about those 11 passes went to michael thomas gotta guess how many times Michael Thomas was talking it. Guess how many times Michael Thomas was talking it. Guess how many times Michael Thomas was talking it. I'll give you one guess. I'll give you one guess. I'll give you one guess, folks. It was 11 times Michael Thomas was targeted and Michael Thomas caught all 11 of the passes thrown his way for 112 yards and one touchdown folks and not to mention they were very close to getting the bludgeon award recognition but no folks they only gave that ball to Latavius Murray 21 times but he was able to rack up 102 yards and one touchdown to help New Orleans get a 31 to 9 victory over Arizona and oh yeah did I mention that their quarterback's name is Kyler I should have played baseball Murray next game folks we go over to the Sunshine State. No, not Florida. The other one. The other Hollywood. They were talking about the one in L.A. at Cincinnati. The unwinnable Cincinnati, that is. Taking on the L.A. Rams. And, folks, the big G in L.A. goes off. I'll repeat that for you in case you didn't catch it. The big G in L.A. goes off. That is G off Jared Goff, folks. Yes, he goes off as he allows the Eagles, folks. I am on the wrong line. He leads the Rams to a 24-10 victory over Cincinnati as they improved to 5-3. and three. And he was able to get 372 yards, folks. Yes, the G in L.A. went off for 372 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He got seven of those passes over to Cooper Cup, who reeled them in for a league leading in week eight, 220 yards. And no, folks, nope, 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 nope. That was not 
the highest performance of the week. And listen, and that's only because I just told you that Drew Brees had one more yard than him. Guess what? That wasn't the highest performance of the week either. Don't worry, we'll talk about that guy a little bit later because you know he'll get a... So he'll get the big participation award a little bit later. But that's not what's going on here, folks. It's Cooper Cup, seven, seven receptions, 220 yards, one touchdown. Next up, we had the New York Jets. Are we just going to do this here? I'll, can I just talk about all three of them and their disappointing ways a little bit later? Can I? Okay. So we're going to skip over. We're going to skip over the New York Jets. We're going to skip over the Buffalo Bills, folks. And we're going to go right into Shy Tell. And you say, Shy City, don't stop because you know what? I feel like you quit on the field as you lost that game 17 to 16. And, folks, Philadelphia football poppy, Phillip Rivers, he does the unthinkable and actually pulls out a close victory, folks. Yeah, I think we're gonna call him the football poppy. When you when when you have enough kids to fill up to fill a football team, I think you're the football poppy, Philip Rivers. The Giants will leave for another time as we're gonna talk about Houston, folks. As Texans, the Texans, the Texans, the Texans. The Texans did not slip up, folks, and they squished the spider-wide banana split, and they came away with a nice little victory. It was a 27-24 victory over the Oakland Raiders behind 200, sorry, 109 yards behind 11 catches behind DeAndre Hopkins. And you know what? I didn't see how many times he was targeted. Screw you. And I just don't think it was perfect. And you know what? It also didn't happen on the team that I have picked to win the entire Super Bowl for probably now the second straight year in a row. I know you gotta be like, yo, T, you got, you gotta, you gotta get off this horse. Like, we have to understand, like, there's some, they, they, they may not make it, but you know what? When you go undefeated with your backup quarterback, and now your future Hall of Fame quarterback comes in, and he is the true gunslinger, and you are gonna start seeing this team open back up a little bit more because you know what? Defense is going to have to back up and play on their toes a little bit more because there's now a slightly different threat there. And it's not to say that steady, steady, teddy. Because you know what, steady, teddy? We're not just going to let you fall qui walk quietly into the night. We know that the reason why the New Orleans Saints are in the position that they are in is because of your steady, your steady hand. And the way that you have consistently led this team to victory after victory after victory. And there may only be one other team that you need to worry about in your division. And that may be the Houston Texans. But you know what? For right now, we are going to stick with New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, and his phenomenal backup quarterback that we won't get to mention anymore this year, probably in steady, steady, Teddy Bridgewater, folks. As he did exactly what he was supposed to do as a bridge quarterback, and as his namesake says, he helped his team as a backup quarterback get over the bridge, over the over the choppy waters that, that most teams have when they lose a backup quarterback or any stand-up player as for that matter. Hmm. And then, folks, Carolina also decided that they wanted to take a trip into LA, but they had to realize that things function a little bit differently from the city than when you go to the Bay. So, I said LA, but I meant California. 
I mean in Cali, where you have two studs that are on that team. One is on offense. And, well, listen, we already know what kind of offense the porn star has. He gives, he gives them and the defensive mastermind and veteran in. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. And what you got when you tried this team with a rookie quarterback that wasn't named or quarterback for Carolina that happens to be a rookie and isn't named Cam Newton, you got a 51 to 13 victory. What, what, what? I'm sorry, did you not hear what happens? When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yeah, that's what happens. And that's also what happens when you get the ball to your running back, Tevin Coleman, 11 times, and he's able to give you 105 yards and three touchdowns. Yep, that's kind of what you get. You also get that. And, oh yeah, you also what looked impressive, no homo? Next up, we had Cleveland go into New England and take another, another formidable ass whooping as Bill Belichick and them boys decided to go ahead and teach the young squad in Cleveland. Like, you can have all the talent in the world you want. I don't care what they say, people say, just be good to me. Ooh. New England actually threw that little... What that little lasso that Wonder Woman has over Odell Beckham and had him finally singing the truth about his teammates after eight weeks. Like, listen, I thought we pulled up. I don't think we're I don't think we're being as aggressive as we should be. I don't think that we're taking the shots that we should. I don't think we're utilizing the talents that we have here. And what that consistently says to me is that I don't see myself getting the ball enough times to be properly effective on this team. And if you have a guy like Odell Beckham finally saying that about the team, then you're going to have an issue. Because he's realizing what a lot of people are realizing, that you guys are going to have to get that thing together. Something is not functioning right. How do you have all of this dynamic talent? And, you don't, and the thing about it is that, listen, at least Eli would at least try to force the ball to Odell Beckham. With all the talent that they have here, I don't see anybody being forced the ball. I don't see any. I don't see the ball being. I see Baker Mayfield, pastry chef for the Cleveland Browns, go ahead with this pumpkin spice turnovers all day long. This is the month of October, by the way. Halloween is tomorrow. I can't wait. And if you're listening to the podcast. Right, then it's funny because I've mentioned it so many times on the podcast in the past of what I was going to be for Halloween. But now that I know that a few key people are listening and they haven't heard the ones in the past to know what the costume is. And I've left plenty of hints and talked about it a lot of times. Ooh, I can't wait till that moonlight hits. Ooh, like a big ass pearl in the sky. But. I've lived, I've left them so many like 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 hints in the past, right? I talked about this flat out in the past about what I was gonna be that. Now that I know that I'm so close to this one day away, if you haven't heard up to this point, 
Ah, bendito. I'm sorry, just gonna have to wait till you see me tomorrow. And since the only place I heard about actually having something is Sharky's, unfortunately, I may be at Sharky's. Now, the good thing about it, I'll be at work in that uniform and, and that same outfit as well. So, I just may go right after work, most likely. We'll see how that works itself out. So, let us continue with these, with these NFL Week 8 results. Denver went into Indy. Denver took a loss. Took a loss so bad that they had their they had their quarterback Joe Flacco coming out with that Wonder Woman lasso truth serum and telling the truth about his team, about how his team sucked and how they didn't take enough shots. Now he how think thinks how he thinks that they've been playing kind of soft as they lose to Indy. Indy improves to a to a decent record. Wait, what's Indy's record these days? Was it five and two? As we talked about them, listen, we we get them an honorable mention last week in our power in our top five. What was our what? It was our top what? It was our top what? Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Green Bay took on the, the Patrick Mahomeless Kansas City Chiefs. And while Aaron Rodgers did some incredible Aaron Rodgers things and like was like, yo, I'll show you how to do this, son. You made it a hot song, I made it a hot line. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> You made it a hotline. I made it a hot song. He's like, yo, you've been doing this for one minute. I've been doing this for my whole career. Let me show you why they've been calling me the GOAT of football. Oh, I'm sorry. They've been calling him the bad man. And if you ain't realize right now that sound, what, what animal out there makes the sound bad, then I guess welcome to the party. To the party, welcome to the party, huh? to the party, welcome. To and which, like, can I tell you guys? I thought, I th I thought French Montana was European or some shit like that. I fuck, come to find out this thing is Moroccan. I thought he was Spanish or some shit. I don't know who the hell I was. Con I was, I, I was, I, I've been confusing him with, to be honest with you. But I don't appreciate it. But yeah, he's Moroccan. But also, I think I was just talking about him in the sense where. At, uh, this is a known fact in all over New York that he killed somebody and stole his style. So I, I, I don't know why I thought he was Spanish. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a light skin shit. He's been getting a whole lot of sun lately. And in the Monday night, oh yeah, Aaron Jones, seven receptions, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Bald. Bald. Let me say this again. Aaron Jones. Seven receptions, 159 yards, two touchdowns. This is your running back. He had less. He had less receiving yards. I'm sorry. He had less rushing yards than he had receiving yards. He didn't break 100. He just had less. And obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers keep the Miami Dolphins winless as they come away with a victory, 27-14. And since we're here now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break out the. You know what? I might as well because it will. It just won't even feel right. And and you also know what? I also forget. I also forgot. I took myself off of YouTube. 
until I go um, visual on there. So, I don't have to worry about them flagging this now. Seven one eight. Matter of fact, three oh five. Yep, folks, so this is normally the portion where I like to blow V8 and talk about my New York sports teams and how well they're doing. And, you know, we're just going to keep this in the football realm right now because I, I want to stay in a certain mood, mood. And the trade deadline came and went, and there was a lot of talk that, that percolated around the New York Jets locker room. And our, our best player... You know, is a little disgruntled because he thought that they were being, they were they were trading him, and shopping him around. And the GM said, "No, listen, I wasn't trading you around, but people called, and I, I I took phone calls to see what the hell they were talking about, and also to possibly talk about other players. I think he should have he should have he should have also said that. Listen, while they were talking about this, I was also seeing you know what we can do to improve our roster. Period for things that didn't involve Jamal Adams because I don't there wasn't anything that they could have given me or they there was nothing that they mentioned that was good enough to take me away from you. But even with our best player being disgruntled and the Jets probably looking at as abysmal as any team can possibly look in the NFL this season. And I'm telling you, like, there are three really horrible, look, horribly looking teams um, in the NFL this year. And it's, and it's really bad for two of them because two of them came into the season at least trying to win. Only one of them is actively tanking and actively trying to lose. And the reason why I keep I'm talking this way, I'm telling you that things have not hit rock bottom for the Jets as of yet is because the New York Jets still can fall so much further down behind the Miami Dolphins loser head coach that looks like he is very slowly sabotaging a team. You know how you can get lower Jets fans? Do you know how you can get worse than this? Is that if the New York Jets lose to their division rivals who are undefeated, who are, un who are winless, I should say, the Miami Dolphins, a team that is not even trying to win games. If you find a way to lose that game, the same way that, listen, the same, but you know what's ironic? Is that the Miami Dolphins look like they're trying to lose games? As the New York Jets also traded away Leonard Williams? As the, New, as the Miami Dolphins are trying to lose games? And, and, and you actually can see that their coaching staff is, is trying to sabotage them. New York Jets are trying to lose games. I mean, New York Jets are trying to win games. And it actually still looks like their coaching staff 
that's also trying to sabotage them. Like, that's totally different. Like, one team came into the season like, nah, we're not trying to win. So you know what we're trying to do. And we're trying to sabotage every game. And the other one came and said, like, oh, no, we're trying to win. But it looks like you're trying to sabotage every fucking game. Buffalo Bills end up being disappointed, right? They lost to Philadelphia Eagles um, 31-13. to As Buffalo uh, Buffalo lets me down, and as they allow the Eagles to fly all over them, fly Eagles slide 31-13, to right? They stay up. Philadelphia Eagles stay alive in their division. They improve the 4-4. Four four. Buffalo Bills fall to 5-2, and two, and we're hoping that the Buffalo Bills can continue to remain in, a, in, a, in, in some kind of win streak. Because, listen, it's not, it's not like the schedule is, is really that hard this year. Because, listen, even the Jets have some kind of glimmer of hope for the second half of the season. New York Giants, the, the, the New York Giants, the, the Lions just pounced all over the Giants, and 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 that was for a thirty-one to twenty-six victory behind. What was what was it? Six receptions, one hundred twenty-three yards by Kenny Galloway, two touchdowns, and I said, even though the Love Jones, even though even though even though they lost, like the, the Love Jones is still still continues in, in New in, in New York for the Giants with the Giants with 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 their quarterback Daniel Jones. The Love Jones is still there. There's still there's still upside. He still he put listen, he he put up decent numbers. It's not gonna be spoken about because it was in a loss. No exacts here. Go look him up. You you you'll be very impressed with his numbers. You would have wondered what he would have been able to do with a guy like Odell Beckham. But you also see a guy like Odell Beckham how he is now in a in a place where he doesn't really get a lot of media coverage. And this, like when his team, like, and even when in a, in a situation now, unless his team is winning, nobody's gonna really want to talk about him. And the only few times that he gets mentioned, that people are really kind of looking for sound bites from him because his team is so bad. I like, understand he's in a place where the only thing that's gonna attract media there is his winning. Very slowly, as that team starts to lose, he's probably starting to realize it already. How that locker room and that media room is starting to get just a little bit slower and a little bit slower and a little bit slower. So now we get back to the Jets and the Jets, they have now probably issues with players and their motivation and we probably don't know what's going to happen with Robbie White Anderson we traded away Leonard Williams we um we made we we, we made Jamal Adams feel like feel like feel like we turned we, tra- we turned our back on him you understand so now there, there there may be some kind of dysfunction going along in that Jets locker room the head coach is already horrible and I, and I know and I and I know this this isn't one of the greatest things to say. And if and if somebody heard this in in the wrong contents, they're, they're probably gonna think I'm 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 making a homophobic statement. But I hate the gays. Like Adam Gaze has to go. I hate the gays. Crazy eyes, gays, whatever they want to create. Cra- like I hate him. Like he's horrible from the day one. Like this was the only th- like. So. Let's like let let so let, let me let's really back up a little bit and let's just remember how we really spoke about this, because what we always wanted was for them to try to try something young and innovative. So you know to start this whole new young culture with a new young culture, it was the only reason why I wouldn't have wanted initially. I can I can't remember his name all of a sudden, the head coach, the former head coach from Green Bay. The only reason I wouldn't have wanted him is only to go get. One of these young, these one of these young minds. I didn't want one of these old footed duddies with all with, with with these with these old mentalities. I can't keep up with today's games. 
I didn't want any like the Bill Cowards of the world. None of those. No, you know. You know, like I, but maybe maybe in Harbor, maybe. But even him at times in Michigan, you feel like the the game is passing him by a little bit. But I definitely wanted somebody that could have built a coach here and had experience in coach in in coast in in coaching and in winning. I didn't want to have the loser head coach from the Miami Dolphins. And that loser is now doing the same exact thing that he did in Miami with the New York Jets, trying to make it seem like it isn't him. Because, oh, when I had Peyton Manning, I was able to do this and able to do that. No, that was Peyton Manning that did that, not you. Stop taking credit for other people's shit. I'm taking a break. Mighty Sports Podcast, Donald Omar Taylor. Thank you for listening. Break. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only talent, Tomah Taylor. And I'm officially taking a chill pill. I'm calming down a little bit. I appreciate you still listening to the podcast. If you're listening, you listen on the many places that you can catch the podcast at, whether that's TuneIn Radio, that's iTunes, that's Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, you name it. Facebook, no longer on iTunes. We're taking ourselves off of that until, I mean, not iTunes, but YouTube. Take us up off of there until we get some visuals. But the number one place to listen to the podcast, and the, one, and the only place to listen to it live, so you can interact with the show. That's wherever you're calling me live during the show. We can always listen. We can always call directly. Listen, if you're one of the many people that have my business card out there, look on the card. 
The phone number to call into the show is right on there. If you know me personally, that means you have my phone number. Call into the show. If you're on your, any of my social media pages while on the podcast, call into the show. By the end of the month or starting in December, I will have the link on the webpage tied directly into the line that can, you can use to call the show as well. So that is coming. <clears throat> Interact. Let's do this. Now, we talked about all the results from the week. And as you know, with all the results come the week, also come our top performers of the week. People, some people call them top performers. Some people like to call it the top top five, top five, top five, top five. Some people like to call it that sip, 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 sip. Sip, sip. Yeah. But you know what we like to call it here? We like to call it the... Because you even have losers in here. So... Because we only really like to talk about the winners. But every once in a while, you know what they say, even a garbage can gets a steak. And this happens to be the steak portion of the show for a couple of garbage cans. And the first garbage can up on the shelf is the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. No, not Matty Ass, Ass Ryan. No, not Matty Ass Ryan. We are talking about his backup quarterback. Maddie so-so chub. Shab, I should say. Maddie so-so shab. As he went up for 460 yards. I passed for 460 yards, I should say. With one touchdown. Next up, we had the guy in New Orleans, folks. Yep, the guy that always opens up the window into a room on a nice, cool autumn day just to let the Drew breeze in as he dropped 373 yards and three touchdowns for you damn that folks folks we already told you that the g went off in la as jerry goff had 372 yards and two touchdowns and the other garbage can in this scenario sorry he wasn't the garbage can in this scenario he was actually just didn't put up enough yards to get mentioned in his win there was matthew stafford the quarterback in detroit 342 yards and three touchdowns this is the other garbage can in the in, in this segment and that is andy dalton the quarterback Quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, the Red Rocket himself, 329 yards and one touchdown. Next up, folks, and, and looks as you as you can see, that was only three quarterbacks over 350 yards. After them, though, you had six. Yes, folks, one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks or running backs that had over 100 yards. But there ain't no honorable mentions this week, folks. Just your top five. And leading all rushes this week was Pittsburgh's own James Conner. As the new Terminator movie comes out, he decides to lead all rushes with 145 yards and one touchdown. Behind him, we had the running back out of Chicago. And you say, shy city, don't stop. And you won't 
quit if you give the ball to Ty. I'm sorry, it's not Ty, but it's David Montgomery. And folks, unfortunately for David Montgomery, he is the garbage can in this scenario. But he was able to get 135 yards and one touchdown, folks. And oh yeah, the Cleveland Browns, they decide to join this equation as they didn't go soft. They didn't go semi. They decided to go full-blown Nick Chubb, as he got 131 yards in a loss for his team, he ended up having no touchdowns. That's probably the reason why your team lost. Oh, and then we had Christian McCaffrey, folks, the Carolina running back. He is another one of the trash cans in this in this scenario. Now, listen, folks, we're not saying that he is trash. We just saying that he is getting a stake in this segment, folks. Then that stake is 117 yards behind one touchdown. It didn't help his team look at a victory, but it looks really nice on paper. And folks, following them is Tevin Coleman, folks. Can we talk for a minute? Girl, I want to know your name. As he rushed for 105 yards and three and three touchdowns, folks. And if you don't know for the team that what uh, team Tevin Coleman plays for, he belongs in the same team that already has two stars on there. So when you add a pop star in Tevin Coleman, can we talk with another guy in? And the defensive pop store in. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. And the result you, you're getting is an undefeated um, San Francisco team. As they're the one of two only San Francisco, um, one of two only teams that are, under, uh, that are undefeated currently right now in the NFL. And ironically, both quarterbacks were both coached by Bill Belichick. And that happens. I hate to say it. Go get some chowder. Behind all them folks, we have the wide, we have the wide receivers, folks, and we had eleven wide receivers that made it into the top five. I mean, made it over a hundred receiving yards. But you already know, there's only five of them. We're gonna give the. There's only five of them is going to get that this week, folks. And we already told you about Mr. Cooper. I'm going to kick you in the nuts, so protect your cup. <laughs> As he had 220 yards. He may not get that distinction, but you better protect your cup. You better protect your cup. You better protect your cup. 220 yards for that kid and one touchdown. Behind him, folks, was the wide receiver that likes to catch balls for Mr. Turnover Chain himself. No, we're not talking about the defense for, every, for all of a 30 teams. We're actually talking about the wide receiver for Tampa Bay, and that is Mr. Mike Evans, 198 yards and two touchdown, folks. And when you when your name is A. A. Ron, and you have another A. A. Ron passing to you, then I guess this is the only thing that can like this can can equal to what does A. A. Ron plus A. A. Ron get you? It equals 159 yards and two touchdowns. And folks, he wasn't the only Jones in this category, because behind A. A. Ron Jones, we had Julio. Jones join us with 152 yards. The Atlanta wide receiver, folks. And Mr. Booker T. Mr. Booker T. I know, I know for a fact 
that this isn't your only job and I know for a, for a fact that this isn't the only time that we are going to mention Stefan can you dig that sucker with for 143 yards oh that takes care of the Four, week eight, which you know what that means, folks. You know what that means. You know what that means. It's time for the Mighty Sports Pick. It's time for week nine of the Mighty Sports Pick. And you know what, folks? We get to do these picks in orange since fo since basketball season is officially upon us. If you hear a little bit of horns or some basketball going on in the back, of course, you know, I got a game going on in the back. We got some green on green violence going on here, folks, as the Boston Celtics are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't know who's winning right now because I don't got my glasses on to see the score. I'm just hoping that the Boston Celtics are getting their ass with by the Bucks. And, folks, when we come to talk, oh, yes, they are, 58 to 42. When we come back, as the second half just started, 11 minutes and 52 seconds left okay second half just done the way folks so what well, i'm gonna listen we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about some basketball a little bit later because i'm telling you right now i'm telling you right now if you think i sound excited or you think i sound i sound pumped up as i'm talking about football i'm telling you this is nothing compared to how i feel about the beginning of the basketball season and all of this energy all of this energy you can thank because of the basketball season returning. Yeah, folks, it is going to be a doozy. Straight doozy. So week one, folks, or week nine in the NFL, we got Atlanta on a bye week. We got Cincinnati on a bye week. We got L.A. on a bye week, and we got New Orleans on a bye week, folks. So you know what? Cincinnati can't take any more else, and it seems like neither can. And, and it seems like the New Orleans Saints won't be taking any more Ws, folks. So we got, we got a lot of teams that are going to need to take this rest. Atlanta is, is coming off of a bad off of a bad week and also you have to figure they just lost their their they just lost their their starting quarterback so this really gives them a good extra week to really try to implement some new stuff with that rookie with the rookie quarterback drew Brees after his first week gets to work off a little bit of that soonest with a with one extra week of, of time in between the la rams are still trying to do some things they just traded away talib kwali over to the miami dolphins but talib kwali is injured for the whole entire season it's not slated to return all the way into the end of the year which means that he probably won't even play for miami this whole entire season he'll just be down there enjoying good weather as he recovers and that's even if he moves his family and i guess he has to move his family down there eventually because he has to show up for something and we already told you cincinnati just can't lose anymore you just can't that's just really what's going to happen with them but san francisco is going to go into arizona for the thursday night game as do we need to give it to you one more time please brace yourself that's the third time i've given you Okay, that's about the third time I've given you Jimmy today, and I'm hoping that you're enjoying all of it. Because you know who is not going to be happy about it? It is going to be the Arizona Cardinals and their quarterback, Kyler. I should have played baseball Murray as he goes up against that San Francisco defense and reminds them very quickly on oh, why. 
So, of course, you know, I have San Francisco coming away with this victory over Arizona. After that, we have Houston taking on Jacksonville. And I got Houston take, and I have Houston improving over Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville, they got that two-man shoe food thing going on. But Houston actually has the real McCoy. And his name is Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson just sounds like a gunslinger. And he is going to shoot down any Jaguars he sees and come away with a trophy, a mantle, and a W to represent it, folks. Next up, we got Chicago taking and going into Philly. And I'm sorry, a bear can't catch an eagle if the fill if an eagle stays in the sky. So I'm gonna say this is gonna fly. Eagles fly. I see them coming away with a victory. And you know what? This is gonna be a compelling one. Indianapolis, five and two. Pittsburgh Steelers, three and four. We're gonna see what Tom Coughlin can do. Are they gonna let Indianapolis come into the steel curtain and trample all over them? Bang, bang, you're right, as the Colts are going to fire off for another W and take down the Pittsburgh Steelers, folks. And, folks, this is the game that is giving me the all of the heart palpitations in the world because I cannot allow the Jets to go into Miami, to come down here to where I live right now, to Miami, and allow the Miami Dolphins to have their first victory. Because you see, the funny thing about division games, it doesn't matter what the records are. And both teams suck. The Jets are 1-6. The Dolphins are 0-7. The Dolphins are trying to lose. But for God's sake, for God, some God-awful reason, the Jets just keep finding reasons to lose. And when you play your division rival, that is not a good thing to have. Where I may be trying to lose. If you keep trying to find ways, if you keep finding ways to lose, then eventually you just may end up shooting yourself in the foot, even if we don't have the talent. And we only have the heart and the drive and the notion that this is a rivalry division game. I'll be at this game. I'll be live streaming the podcast before the game. Well, we're going to do one of two things. We're going to definitely do a full-blown show before the before the thing, probably for an hour or two. After the game, we're going to see what that's if I still do a show. I may just do another show for an hour after the game. And we're going to show how I go from beginning to end. Listen, I'm letting you know I may also be drunk. So this may just end up being one big old shit show. Don't expect much from me that day. Just expect it to be loud. That's all I'm going to say. And the fact that we're trying out all new technology that we've never done on the, we've never tried out on a remote location yet before. So we're going to hope all of that goes goes well. I'm picking my Jets over Miami. Don't you think I was going to go any other way? I'm the scared to, I'm the scared shitless. Like I've been constipated for 2 days thinking about this. Next up we have Minnesota going into Kansas City and this is where this is where you got to you got to really see about Kansas City because if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play this game I don't think that defense can do what they did that made us praise them in the game that he went down. 
They've already lost one game to Green Bay. They're going to take on another good team in that same division as Green Bay that's trying to keep pace. That's trying to make sure that they keep pace with Green Bay as well. I mean, Green Bay is 7-1. and one. The Minnesota Vikings are 6-2. and two. Minnesota Vikings aren't trying to fall. Kansas City can't afford to fall either, but without your starting quarterback, I understand that you can be that you can still look dynamic at times, but to what extent? Is it to the extent of winning? And that's where the test is gonna come into. I have another role team coming away with a victory. As I got Minnesota beating Kansas City. Now this is where that buck stops of road teams taking a taking a victory, at least temporarily. I don't see Tennessee going into Carolina and beating Carolina. I see that Carolina has been has been waiting has been waiting to get there. Is gonna is gonna really try to get back off of. That Morris took himself. More that. Carolina's going to take more. That Carolina's not going to allow themselves to probably have two straight victories. I see this team playing a little bit harder than that. Tennessee is exactly what Tennessee is. They're a 500 team. They're a little bit more wishy-washy. And I think Carolina may be a little bit more consistent than that. I'm going to look for Christian McCaffrey to have a big game. I'm going to look for whoever Carolina's quarterback is to continue to do good things. Except for, you know, because listen... Outside of games where he's playing against what we consider playoff contending teams, Super Bowl contending teams, elite teams, Carolina has looked pretty decent with their backup quarterback. Have they looked like New Orleans has? No. But not everybody can be steady, steady, teddy. What you know has been looking at least who's been looking very steady so far this year, and that has been the Buffalo Bills. And when Washington goes into Buffalo to take on Buffalo, even with Trent Williams finally um finally ended his holdout, I don't see them coming I don't see Washington being able to come away with a victory. So I see Buffalo I'm getting back into the winning column and proving themselves to six and two and keeping themselves in early playoff contentions. Now we do say early. We're gonna see how the back half of this season looks for them. Remember the whole entire out the AFC East has an easy schedule period. This is one of the things that they talked about for new um for New England this year about how easy their schedule was. But part of that schedule was the fact that they were gonna have six games against Buffalo, the Giant, I mean Buffalo, the Jets and the Dolphins. So that way that's where the uh, that's where the added six six games of easiness came into. But the rest of it but the rest of it, the rest of it, <laughs> Buffalo, victory over Washington, dub, 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 dub. <laughs> the rest of it looks, looks all right. The rest of it looks all right. Knicks fans are right now are livid about the point guard situation in New York. We'll talk about this a little bit later. It sounds like something that's been going on in New York for a very long time now, since even the days that Mello was there. So next game we have Tampa Bay taking on Seattle. As I see Seattle getting right back into their winning ways, they they've taken a couple of, of of disappointing losses this year, but for the most part they've looked very they've they've looked very consistent. Their quarterback, Russell Wilson, has has looked like an MVP 
candidate again. I believe he only has one interception now for the season. He he has been as consistent as any of these top guys has been. And he's, he is 100% for the reason why Seattle has has remained to be 6-2. and two. And I don't know if teams are still slightly or anybody still slightly questions um, Russell Wilson because of his size or because of what he can do or, or anything else like that or because of where he was drafted at. But Russell Wilson has, has proven time and time again, even after winning the Super Bowl now, and, and even not even though know, he hasn't won a Super Bowl against since his first one, but we know how close he was to losing that second one. That was only because his head coach wanted to get cutesy and put all the faith in Russell Wilson that you should have in Russell Wilson. It was just bad timing. But I have Seattle taking on um, beating Tampa Bay because I don't see in them losing against Mr. Turnover Chain, Turnover Chain, Turnover Chain, Turnover Chain. But I do see the Y2 banana split finally working for Oakland as they go ahead and take a victory over Detroit because Detroit is still 3-3-1. and And if that isn't the most mediocre so-so thing that, you can, that you've ever heard, that's what Detroit is because you know what? You have to remember that Detroit has that 3-3-1 three, three, and one record. You know who they share that one with? They share that one with Kyla, I should have played baseball, Murray. And now when Oakland beats them, they'll have matching loss records. Actually, no, I'm sorry. By that time, Arizona would have lost their fifth game. But they both would still have only three wins and one draw. And... To say that Detroit looks just as good as Arizona this year, well, that, I guess, should explain to you on how they tied this year. I don't know what's going on in Detroit or in Denver. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. And they're both playing each other, and I have no clue what's going on with either one of these teams. But I know that somebody has to win, and Denver doesn't have Emmanuel Sanders, and Denver doesn't have Peyton Manning, and Denver doesn't have a lot of things that they used to have that make you think that Denver could win games. <laughs> so I'm taking Chicago in that defense, and Mitchell Brzezinski maybe to come away with three victories over eight games. I have no doubt of who of how this New England and Dallas game is going to go. Listen, I told you last week that if I would have known that with everybody coming back healthy, I probably would have picked a different team to win that game with Dallas last week. Right? Was that last, uh, last week's Dallas game? Not, not, and that wasn't last week's Dallas game I was referring to, but week seven's Dallas game because Dallas had the bye week last week. We're talking about the Dallas game where they took on Philly. That if that the moment I heard they had all of those players back that was injured, the injured linemen, the, you understand that the injured wide receivers, the injured safeties, the, like the the injured defensive ends. Once I realized all of those players were back for them, then it only made sense that they were probably going to win that game. And you know what? None of that matters against New England. All we're going to see is that a fully powered Dallas cannot beat New England in Dallas. But I'm really hoping that Dallas Font is able to give New England their first loss. I really hope so. Like, I really, really hope so. But I don't see it happening. I see, I, like, New England may just very well run the table. I didn't see it happening before, but, like, at the beginning of the season, but all the uh, halfway through the season, I very much see them running the table. And lastly, we got, oh, I'm sorry. New England's taking on Baltimore. That's not a D. That's a B. And you know what? It doesn't even matter. I still have New England winning. But you know what? 
Uh, but uh, that means I do have Dallas now winning their next game. I'm sorry, Giants. I know I gave you guys a big, big, big love fest the other day. But you know what? The New York Knicks lost it, lost their game 83-95. The New York Knicks still has a problem. Listen, we got some questions I'm going to ask you pretty soon. As, a New as I still know the New York Knicks have problems. There is still a question I want to ask you about those Knicks. I want to know how deep those problems really get in your eyes on how deep they look. But I have Dallas beat out the New York Giants. I, that, that is just plain and simple. I have Dallas beat out the New York Giants. And it is for 100% of the reason that I just kind of mentioned to you. They have all of their pieces back. I have no reason to go up against them anymore. Just like how I thought about them for those first three games and even up to the fourth game of this year. Even when they played the Jets of how I initially thought about it until, listen, my hand just moved on itself and I, and I picked the Jets. You were sitting right here with me. I didn't do that. My subconscious did that. But I don't, I don't see that problem happening. Monday night, Dallas over Giants. And that's your week nine of the NFL. We're going to take our last break of the show. We're going to come back. It's NBA, baby. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast right after this break. For CSB News 9, I'm Denata Wright. And I'm Tito Wiltsy. Good night. Since 1964, Connecticut School of Broadcasting has helped place thousands of people just like you in radio, television, and new media careers. You'll learn it all in a hands-on environment in a matter of months, not years. To take a tour of a campus in your area or to find out if a career in broadcasting is right for you, call 1-800-TV-RADIO or log on to GoCSB.com. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only talent, Tomah Taylor. If you're still listening, I mean, if you're listening on one of the many places that you go listen to the podcast, I have whether that's iTunes, TuneIn, Podbean, Spotify, any place that you can imagine or you could like to listen to your podcast at. But the number one place, just so we remember this, the number one place to listen to the podcast at is on MightySports.net. That only do you get the live podcast and you get the opportunity to, to, to interact with me live on the show. But also, you know what? You also get to take a trip, a trip down memory road. You get to hear all of the old podcasts as well. And if you don't realize this by now, I, I got to give mad love and mad biggest to Connecticut School of Broadcasting because you know what? They have helped fine-tune this Jinsu Knife Ninja Blade that is the Mighty Sports Podcast that has turned into the Brooklyn Meow Bazaar. So let's talk about the NBA and the week one and opening night. Because you know what, folks? This really should have been what first I... First of all, first of all, first things first. Open up the show with. But you know what? We had to get the football out of the way. Because you know what? The fo football hits hard and is what the people like. But you know what? But you know what? I'm not going to be sitting here and acting like I'm losing weight over, over talking about football. Oh, no. But we, I do get excited. And I'm not talking about a semi. I'm not talking about a half. I'm talking... Talking about don't you dare ever again pull down my pants in the middle of Vegas Cabaret because we are going full. Yeah. 
job on you folks with a cleanup on all eight opening week of the nba did not disappoint they gave us the nba league pass for free and i was salivated i'm talking about you just miniaturized that orange basketball you put as many as you wanted to a petri dish you give me the needle you suck it up in there you shoot it right into my veins and folks i am telling you smoke weed every day he isn't even as good as being able to watch all the basketball games in the world yeah i said it revenge may be the next best thing to get in pussy well you know what that motherfucker didn't have the nba league pass that's all i'm saying you may have a basketball jones but do you have a raging hard on for that motherfucker is what i'm asking you tonight Woo! That's how much I'm in love with basketball, and the first week of basketball did not, did not, it did not disappoint. I'm talking about it was diamonds and pearls, folks. It did not disappoint. There was just so much cash going on along in the NBA. We're talking about, let's start off with my hometown, right? Let's start off with my hometown because this may be the last positive thing you hear me talk about them because on the opening night, on the opening night of the NBA, Kyrie Irving goes into Brooklyn and he drops a 50-burger on them. And that is where the last positive thing about the Brooklyn Nets ends because he did it with an, in a losing matter. And everything we've I've said here about Kyrie Kyrie Irving remains. Yeah, he's flashy. Yeah, he can get you all the points in the world. Listen, I'll go to Forrest and say, like, yeah, listen, he may be a he may be as Kobe as Kobe can be. And I'm gonna tell you why he even be may, may be more Kobe than Kobe. Because he's an even bigger ball hog than Kobe. He's five inches shorter than Kobe, and he doesn't help his team win as much as Kobe. But he is as much he is more Kobe than Kobe because he's more of a ball hog than Kobe. And that's what he thinks that Kobe did to help his team win games. No, little son, that is not what he done. I'm sorry. So now Kyrie Irving continues to have this little sprinkle dust remaining on him. And now you get to see a little bit of, now you get to hear a little bit of things coming out about his mood space and all this other stuff. And we've already sat here. We talked about this. This is part of the reason why we didn't want Kyrie Irving alone by himself in New York. It's part of the reason why we didn't want Kyrie Irving alone by himself for one year as the leader of your team while Kevin Durant sits on the bench and cannot affect the game, the locker room, or the court this was part of that reason listen Kyrie Irving is balling 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 I I'm sorry that my dude doesn't have a drop for you for how much he's been balling but I'm telling you if it comes to points listen I'm gonna tell you one thing oh we're gonna go hard in the paint and we're gonna get some points Brooklyn will go hard and get some points. Kyrie Irving is going to be one of the highest scoring players in the league, but it won't equate to winning because you know what? What he does on the offensive end of the court as the leader of a team, he has never equated to winning. It didn't happen when he was the number one player in Cleveland before LeBron got there. It didn't equate to winning more games when he was the leader in Boston. 
Boston, it didn't equate to Boston getting further into the playoffs when he was the leader in Boston, and it's not going to equate to him winning in Brooklyn. Basically, the same thing that happened in Brooklyn is probably going to happen, or even happened in Boston, it's probably actually going to happen in Brooklyn. And what's going to happen is that you had a nice team that was building something behind a good coach and a good system, and you're thinking that, hmm, you know what will probably really get us out of a lot of situations is if we had a closer. And you know what kind of closer we probably should get? Let's see if we can get a better dynamic point guard in this situation as that closer, and let's see what happens. Unfortunately, you got Kyrie. And that's where the problem is. Now, next year, this team will look a little bit different. This team will function different. This team will be different because now you'll have Ky now you'll have Kevin Durant to go ahead and reel Kyrie in. And the thing about it, and he'll reel Kyrie in because Kyrie isn't Russell Westbrook, where he can sun Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will do the sun in in this situation and reeling in. Listen, Kevin Durant knows what, what he can do when he gets a guy. When he gets a guy like Kyrie Irving, caliber on his team to be a running mate with him. Even if he tends to be somewhat of a ball hog, he knows what kind of damage can be done. And he's looking at, well, if I was able to do this in the West, I wouldn't got to do it in the East. You know what I mean? We're banging in the South and we're banging in the East and everything. Let's go. You know? He's, he's figuring that out. But we're going to consistently keep hearing this about Kyrie. Scoring a lot of points, doing a lot of spectacular things, but not helping his team win games. As Boston has now officially taken the lead 77-76 with just under a minute left to go in the third quarter. But, like I said, it was exciting. It was very exciting to watch him drop that 50. He came down to a buzzer beater. He had the ball in his hand. He did a spin move. That spin move turned out, and he ended up getting tripped up. It turned into an and one move. He just didn't realize how much time he had on the clock. If he, if he would have realized that he had a little bit more time to really gather his shot and, and the position of his man on the floor and that he wouldn't have been challenged, he probably would have taken a little bit. He would have took that shot and a little bit more composure, and we would have talked about Brooklyn having their first victory. But that's not the case here. He missed, and Brooklyn lost. And the only thing about that game is that Kyrie Irving had a 50-point game. But on top of that, on the other end of the globe, Anthony Davis had a 40-point game. But his mattered because you know why? His came with a W. Granted, they were playing the Pelicans, the Zionless Pelicans, I believe. Or Memphis, one of the two, probably Memphis. They were playing that team. So, I wholeheartedly understand where their victory comes in. But the 40, and, the 40 and 20 from Anthony Davis was impressive. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention to you about the 20. Yes, Anthony Davis ended up with 40 points and 20, po um, 40 points and 20 rebounds last night, folks. And to be honest with you, you didn't even know. You didn't even think Anthony Davis was going to finish that game in the second quarter because Anthony Davis had to go out in that second quarter injured from a shoulder injury. We didn't even know if Anthony Davis was going to originally play that game because of the so because of shoulder soreness. But he played the game, and he had to leave early because of his shoulder. But he came back, and in his comeback, 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. He ended up dropping 40 points, 20 rebounds, being the third player in Laker history. In, 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 in a young debut or Laker history, one of the two, to drop 40 and 20 behind Kareem and Shaq or Wilton Shaq. Something like that. The Phoenix Suns look good early. Now, what they're doing so far hasn't quite equated to winning. But you see the pieces there. You see the foundation being being placed out. You see Devin Booker once again looking phenomenal. But more than Devin Booker, you see, you see Kelly Oubre Jr. putting in the kind of work to be put into a role that... I forgot we had the odd maker here. Put into a role that could honestly make him be the Pippin to Devin to Devin Booker. And this is me calling Devin Booker a form of Jordan, but I don't I don't know if he really has that yet. Uh, if he's not just, just some kind of scorer, maybe like a tall James Harden. But Kelly Oubre can definitely be the Pippin to to his Jordan, if you want to say the Batman to his Robin. And with that, even with that, you can see that they're playing defense, they're playing hard. Some games are getting away from them from the early, but they're competitive in every single game that they're, that they're playing in. And, and they just have to start figuring out how to win. And it sucks because right now their center, DeAndre Aiken or whatever his name is, he is out with a suspension because he... Had a masking agent in his system for a banned substance. Or a masking agent. Like, it wasn't quite a bad substance, but it was a masking agent that can lead to trying to hide a bad substance. So basically, he was trying to take some steroids and try to hide it. And didn't really work too well. Or whatever happened. But he's suspended now for the first quarter of the of, of the of the, of the of the year. And I'm not going to lie to you. In some of these games, you can see where his presence probably would have been helping his team win games. And then, and if he feels like shit because he feels like, damn, I fucked up. I could have been helping my team win games. Look how we look. And, and I know that my presence there would have helped us. You should feel like shit because any losses that your team has, you should, you should feel like it's a personal stab in the heart to you for not being there for you. Being a jackass. So while there are some people that can't play the game because, well, you know, they're injured. Or some of them can't play the game because, hey, my wife is pregnant. You, sir, you can't play the game just because... Well, what did my old friend Mr. Hanky say? He's a piece of or at least the narrator for him say. Yeah, that's what you are. You don't even deserve the full award. You just get an honorary piece of poor mention, okay? Don't do drugs, okay? But. Smoke weed every day. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. So in the early part of the season, we got to end this real quick, right? We not, we, there's not much to leave you here with. Because, I mean, there's not much to to really see here. I mean, L.A. looks good. L.A. looks really, really, really good. I mean, before we even talk about how good L.A. looks. Actually, we're going to talk about exactly how good L.A. looks. Because we can't talk about how bad 
Golden State looks without talking about how good L.A. looks because it was the L.A. Clippers that made the Golden State Warriors look horrible to start off the year. And then they went and they played the Lakers and they forced their dominance on them as well. As they came away with two early victory against two of the top teams. Now they did take one bad loss in, in, uh, in there somewhere. But they had three really impressive victories. Where they, where they went in there and they imposed their defensive will. Where they locked down players. Where they were one, where, where Patrick Beverly literally had to ask fans, where are you going? Why are you leaving so soon? I thought this was your team. I thought you were a fan. I thought this was your squad. Puto, why you flinch? The LA Clippers have been looking incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. As great as we talked about Anthony Davis looking a while ago. And, and just remember, I, I already gave you this disclaimer at the beginning of the season. I don't care how you hear me salivate about any of his teams this year. It's because I love I love basketball, and there are going to be some dynamic duels, right? And there are some movements around the league that are going to make me believe into in teams because of the fact. We're going to be excited about teams because of the fact of who they have. And who they have is gonna make them super interesting to watch. You're gonna you're gonna be interested in the fact that ten minutes into playing together into their first game, that 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 James Harden and Russell Westbrook are already arguing. Like I, I wanna see that. I'm interested about every single thing about this season. Like, whatever, however many times I got to cheer. If I say yeah, I got to say yeah three times. Like, that's how excited I am about this season. So like, But like I said, no, it doesn't matter how many times I grovel over any other team. I still think the Clippers are the best team in the league and they're going to win a championship based off the fact that they, them getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Getting Kawhi Leonard on that team would have maybe thought they were definitely a championship contender. I think they, I think that makes definitely a championship winner because of having, of, of having Paul George. Kawhi Leonard put them in the, put them in the Western Conference Championship. Let me put it that way. Paul George has them gets them winning the whole thing. That's how much faith I have in that team as a combination. Those two as a duel. So early on in the league, folks, right? We have, we're gonna we're gonna give you our top seven teams from both sides. Why we're not gonna give you top eight because it's not playoff time yet. We're not even close to playoff time. So I, so we're gonna leave that that last eighth spot open because you know what? That late, that last eighth spot is probably gonna be a Roman spot anyway. People are gonna be going back and forth between the losers of the league. So, so let's not talk about them quite yet so early. Let's just talk about the winners. And we're gonna talk about the seven the top seven teams from each conference. And that and that brings us to a little bit and that brings us to a little bit less than half of the league versus more than half of the league. Right? In the East, we have the number one team, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers with a 3-0 start. They start off hot. Joel Embiid is going off. You, you see you see Simmons doing his thing. That team is gelling. And they said it early that this is a team that wants to compete. They want to they try to have home court advantage throughout the East going, in, um, going into the playoffs. And they want to play in a manner that, con that consistently keeps them on their toes and sharp like that. And you're, you're, on, you're honestly kind of hoping that Ben Simmons has found a shot this this year or at least has stopped being hesitant to shoot and the same thing that we say about him is the same thing that we that we're going to say that honestly i'm not even going to say it twice because it's going to be the same exact thing that we're, that we're going to we say when we talk about ben simmons we're going to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. they look good team looks nice we're going to hope that that shot is really there we already know what they, we already know how both of these teams are going to look 
when they play consistent focused basketball. It's going to be about the, the about the improvement and the development of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Ben Simmons. That is what's going to be the difference maker um, between Milwaukee last year and Milwaukee this year, between Philly last year and Philly this year. It's all about the jump shot of those two forwards or centers or whatever the hell you want to call them. But the number one spot leading them all is Philadelphia, Philadelphia um, 76ers. And they're one of three teams that are undefeated so far in, in the league. But they're the only team that's undefeated in the East. Behind them are the 3-1 and one Miami. And the 3-1 and one Miami, that's impressive that they that Miami is 3-1. and one Because for their first three games where they went 2-1, and one, they didn't have their boy Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy Butler, yeah, he missed games because, guess what? He was the one guy that was having a baby that I was talking about. But that team looks young. That team looks young early. And that team looks young early behind, behind some good play. Also behind their rookies. So, let's keep an eye on Miami. Miami's already going to have that team playing hard. Let's see when they keep having that team playing hard behind a guy like Jimmy Butler, how far they can really go. We got Toronto staying into the mix also with a 3-1 record. This is how, kind of how we figured behind Toronto. And the two people that we that we wondered and, want, and we wanted to see if they were going to consistently be able to keep showing up in the moments that it mattered. And that was um, on Van Fleek and, Sa and, and Pascal Siakam. They have consistently done that in the, in, in the moments that mattered. And you see this team starting off with three and one. And a team that has been consistent for the last five years in the East has not skipped a beat after losing Kawhi Leonard. Because once again, you already lost the guy that was already helping you be consistent in the East. And that was, and that was, whatever his name is, DeMar. And now as long as you get DeMar equivalent or better than DeMar, you should continu continuously be a consistent factor and, and top team in the East. Whether it's um, and you and that should be amongst the top three. Now I know that top. I know that I know that that starts to get a little congested because we're talking about Toronto, we're talking about Philly, and we're talking about Boston that all could potentially be coming for that top spot in the East in the Eastern Conference through the Atlantic Division. Milwaukee um, comes into that number four spot behind Toronto, and, and they're in the middle of that pack, or at least that top seven pack with a two and one record. But they share that they share that record with Boston right now, and that's Boston who they're taking on, as they're losing right now. Boston eighty-seven to eighty in Boston with eight minutes and 37, 36 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. And I already told you who's in the number five spot. That's Boston two and one. We're gonna see what Boston is. We feel like I feel like Boston has plateaued. Until I see somebody step up, I feel like Boston has plateaued. I, just, I mean, what, what am I going to see now from Boston? A little bit more consistency out of Tatum, more aggressiveness from Tatum, more stardom from Tatum. What am I going to see from Brown? More, more, more defense, a little bit more pippinish from him. What am I going to see from Haywood? You understand? I feel like they've plateaued. I feel like I've seen everything I'm going to see from Boston. And whatever we've seen from Boston, I don't think it's enough. I don't care how much team ball is. I don't care how much they're down for each other. We got Atlanta at two and two record, as they just lost their star player Trey Young. He has an ankle injury that's going to keep him out for um, for for unknown amount of games. And then to round it out, folks, is Detroit, as Detroit behind, now being led by Derrick Rose, is looking really good. We're going to keep an eye on them as well because listen, this has been a place that we've been hard on Derrick Rose. We will take all of that back if Derrick Rose can show that he's going to have a good rebirth to his career. 
If he can show to have a good second half of his career where he's no longer, oh, I'm worried about my knees and I'm worried about my kids. And I guess kind of like me where you realize, listen, you're just going to always be in pain. You just got to figure out how much pain you're willing to deal with to get to do the job, to get the job done. And if you can, and if you can maintain, but listen, in the NBA, you have it better than some. Like I said, I was, I was, I was trying to be, I was a soldier at the time, trying to determine if I wanted to be, if I constantly wanted to put my body in, in harm's way and in the line of duty and in danger. While also consistently trying to work through a recovery and consistently putting my body in situations where it was consistently break down and wondered how I was going to be when I retired from the military. And this would have been the year I would have retired from the military. And I'm telling you, I'm already, I'm in, a, I'm in tons of pain now. I already went through one heart attack and I wouldn't have probably, I probably wouldn't have lasted the next 13 years in the military if I would have stayed in. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. Parts of me, well, listen, parts of me, which I would have stayed there, I pitched my body, would have been able to hold up the stay and see what would have happened. It would have been a different kind of financial security for the rest of my life or for my family to yet to come. But that doesn't mean I can't be smart about my money and my decision and still make sure to get into that same that same scenario. All right? So, the Detroit Lions right now are being led by them. And right now they're 2-2, two two, nothing to, to be impressed about. But Derrick Rose does look good early, and, and we're going to root for Derrick Rose to make a decent comeback and do some things that are recognizable in the NBA that looks like the old Derrick Rose as Boston just improved their lead to 11, 91-90 behind a, um, behind a fast, break, um, fast, break, um, fast break pass and bucket from Haywood to Tatum. Next up, we move into the West, where you're going to recognize a couple of these names sitting on top. The fact that some of the name that is on top is on, the, is on top, you're going to be a little bit surprised because we don't have the same recognizable names that we used to have for them, meaning Tony Parker, meaning Manny Ginobili, meaning Tim Duncan. Who we have now is DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge and a bunch of other young players being coached by Greg Popovich to a 3-0 record for the San Antonio Spurs. To also match them with a 3-0 record to make the last team that has still helped to be undefeated, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team that Jimmy Butler just left a couple years ago. I'm sorry, that was a couple trades ago. That was just last year. But the Minnesota Timberwolves started for the fast start of 3-0, and you know what? I haven't watched any of the games to even know if any of what they're doing is the truth or if it's the fluke. I, I won't get too excited about what's going on in, in, in Minnesota. We got the Clippers with a 3-1 and record. We got Dallas with a 3-1 and record. We already told you how I feel about the Clippers. Clippers are really been, uh, I feel like going to be the champion the champion of the whole entire league. Dallas looks impressive behind Porzingis and and, 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 and Luka um, Dockage. They have something They have something brewing in, in Dallas. It is right. Um, Christoph Porzingis does look beefed up. He does. And you do see a couple of situations where you still still see them working on a little bit of their timing, but still what they do individually and what they're doing together so far has looked phenomenal. These two teams are the, are the truth. They're nice together. Next up, rounding out, we're also three and one records. We also have we have the LA Lep we have the LA Lakers, we have the Utah Jazz, and we have the Denver Nuggets. Utah and Denver, I kind of look like they're the same kind of team. We, we, they have young squad. They're coming up on young players. Doing, they're doing a couple of things. We just got to see if they can be consistent to really to keep on competing with what is going to be the big dogs of the West. Because as you can see early, a couple of teams that we weren't expecting to be up here, like Minnesota, they're already up here. And Minnesota's already taking the place of a team that we thought that probably would be up here, like Houston. 
Well, it's because we don't see Houston up there early. Doesn't mean Houston won't be up late. We've seen how this played out last year for Houston. And now they have two other dynamic players. And we already seen the dynamic already starting to bend but not break in in Houston as you've seen them have some turmoil but you also see Russell Westbrook already going to Russell Westbrook ways and, and pulling out triple doubles and victories so let's keep watching all of it folks the NBA I don't know if you love this game but I love this game and out of all of that I still gotta ask you everybody but mainly Knicks fans we're gonna talk a little bit right here are you not in love with RJ Barrett already are you not in love with R.J. Barrett already and with what they are uh, what they are doing down there? Now, well, you may not like what they're doing in New York because they have no point guard in New York. And, and that no point guard situation is not really helping with the trying to run that team. Now, to be honest with you, I think they should put Lonzo Trier in, I mean, as point guard and let him run it and see what happens. At least I know I got a guy that's willing to attack and score. And even if, and even if he can't get everybody the ball or run the offense so much of the time, teach him. Because there are a lot of guys that came in as shooting guards that were just small that got, got were taught to be point guards. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. I know none of these guys have really done much to equate to winning, but they but they're all dynamic enough that that that, that listen. There are at least twenty five teams that will take them on their team in a heartbeat, if not all thirty two or thirty, I should say. So if you're not in love with R.J. Barrett already, then, then something is wrong with you. Every single game I've seen R.J. Barrett played so far since he's put on an NBA uniform, since it's been from summer league to preseason to now a regular NBA game, he has improved in every single game. And that is with the way he scores the game, with his shot, with his three-point shooting. And that was from the way that when he at first tried trouble getting to the line and being able to work through that initial contact just to get to his spots, so now he's being able to get to his spots. And then he started struggling at finishing at the rim, and now he's starting to see him finishing at the rim. Now he's starting to be able to finish at the rim and also get free those to add to that this guy scores for this guy scores from the mid-range on um, whether whether it's in shooting on the three-point position he scores at the rim where he's able to take um, take the bucket to the rim draw contact finish with contact finish with his offhand finish with his strong with his dominant hand you know you understand um finish through contact put up and ones he's still trying to get through his free throw his free throw shots but you can see, but that's still time and you still him see and you see him making a consistent amount of his three-point attempts and what one of my friends did mention to me as they tried to draw some of Spurgeon across his name about they don't like his inconsistency with three. He is shooting better than Stephen Curry right now from three-point range. Now, I understand he ain't taking as many as three points as shots as Stephen Curry has taken, but he's shooting better than Stephen Curry. And listen, and now when we're talking about he's shooting like 46%, which is a very good percentage. Now, granted, he's not taking them in value. And you know what? I don't, want, I don't need him taking them in volume if they're not there. I don't need him chucking up shots that aren't there. But when he takes them and when he is open, I want him there. And there's only going to be one real way for him to consistently start getting some open three-point shots, and that's if you have another playmaker on the floor that when they have the ball, they can start taking taking some attention away from him. Because right now, it seems like that when he's on the floor, he is the primary focus of that offense. And when, and when he's going to have the ball in his hand, because there's, there's nobody else that they have to worry about. Kevin Knox can knock down maybe a couple of threes, but there's nobody else you can really put the ball in their hand and, and say that they can go in and get their shots. The Morris boys, they're kind of on the block kind of plays unless they get an open three. Taj Gibson, still kind of kind of the same thing. And even Bobby Portis in that game that he that in the game against Chicago where he pulled out that's a game in admiration. That was a I'm I'm gonna be laser focused revenge game and he'll never be able to um be able to produce that performance again in his life. But if he could get us a, a consistent 17 and 10 and this is what this leads to, then I'll take that from him. But I honestly think that they need, they need to play around with having Alonzo Trier run that point guard position and see what he can do. I'm sorry, um, take the few turnovers from him if you can. But I think that he's gonna be the kind of probing kind of offensive threat that we need at the helm if you're gonna try to make something happen in 
in this league from that position. Your point guard needs to be able to attack, and your point guard needs to be able to score. If you can't have that, then it's put the ball inside of a ball handler that can do it. And Alonzo Trey happens to be the shortest ball handler that can score, and, and, and we need to start seeing that work. And he needs to be on the floor at the same time as R.J. Barrett, so you can see those two working a tandem, because offensively, if those two guys aren't working in the tandem, what the fuck are you really trying to do? And if Tisdale keep making these kind of coaching errors, I'm going to start coaching. I'm still going to question his coaching prowess, where he may be a guy that looks really good with the numbers and looks really good statistic-wise, and that would help them get considerations um, from being a bench, from being um, one of the assistants in Miami. So far, his two jobs as a starter and as, as a head coach in the NBA isn't really thriving. And why the New York Knicks have not hired Mike Mark Jackson as of yet is still fucking mind-boggling to me. But we'll play the season out. As we continue to watch what's going on in the NBA, I told you there was a whole lot to go on in the NBA, and I'm going to give you another reason to be in love with R.J. Barrett, but not before we talk about everybody else in the league, folks. Right? And, oh, man, this is going to be so nice. So let's go ahead and bring them all out, folks. So, so far right now, the top five in the leagues, folks. Well, you know how we do the top five. You tell five them. Five times, five times, five times, five times, five times. Top five in the NBA right now in points, folks. We already talked about him, folks. He is Brooklyn's own. Kyrie Irving with 37.7 points to lead all scorers in the NBA. Behind him, we have Carl Anthony Towns with 32 points. And this may be the reason why his team also happens to be 3-0. Because he is second in the NBA with all points scored. Behind him, folks, what time is it? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What time is it? I'm sorry, a little bit louder. What time is it? It is game time, folks. And he has put up 30.8 points so far this year. And Anthony Davis comes in number four. As we just told you, he had a 40-burger the other day. Well, Gwinnup, that has been good enough to help him average 30 points in this league and so far James Harden where his team isn't even mentioned in the top seven of the league in the West right now he is sitting there with 29.3 points per game because he is another guy well I guess his scoring has at least helped his team win just not when it matters the most Behind him, folks, we have the rebounders, folks. Leading all rebounders in the NBA is Detroit's own Day Andre Drummond with 16.3 rebounds. After that, we have Cleveland's own Kevin Love with 15.7. Then we get Anthony Davis making another sign. He just dropped 20. Well, you know what? That helps his average because he now has 13.7. And this is the first time that we get to don't only do a freak in the sheets, but a freak on the court, folks. And that's the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo with 13.3 rebounds per game. And you know who he's matched by, folks? You know who he's matched by, folks? A Guy that pops up now in two statistical categories that matter than the top five, and that is my Minnesota owns Carl Anthony Towns, and he is also averaging 13.3 rebounds. Now, folks, we move over to the dishes and the swishers of the league, folks. We're talking about the league leaders in assist. Folks, leading all leaders in assists is Indiana's own Malcolm Brandom. As he doesn't just race, folks, he paces himself and he gets balls past defenders as he is now averaging 10.7 assists per game. Folks, behind him is the king himself, Mr. LeBron James, with 10 rebounds, with, sorry, 10 assists. To put himself in number two for all assist leaders in the NBA. Behind him is Mr. Triple Double himself, Russell Westbrook. No, he doesn't have 10 yet, but he does have 9.7. Behind him, folks, we got Mr. Ricky Rubio with 9.3 as he helps his Phoenix squad out. I think he just actually took a little, uh, as he took a sideline, as he, I think he hurt his ankle or injury or, or hamstring or something to that nature. And behind him, folks, in assist, somebody now pops up in one of these second statistical categories. And we already 
know if he has nine assists and he has 13.3 rebounds per game we know he ain't too far from being one of the top scorers folks we are talking about the greek freak himself the honest onto the kumba with nine assists per game folks to go along with his 13.3 rebounds on the honest onto the kumba was making some early mvp runs he is not gonna let anthony davis run away with that shit by himself folks and folks talking about not letting anybody get away with anything folks we're talking about the league leaders and steals now jimmy butler i know i'm gonna I'm I'm talk about you but you only played one game and then that one game you had three and that's the only reason why we're going to talk about you because we don't know if that three would have maintained but we're going to talk about it for right now Patrick Beverly though Patrick Beverly though he has been playing all of his games and he has been averaging a total of three steals per game now let I told you that the LA Clippers were over here making the Golden State Warriors look bad you notice I ain't spent too much time to talk about the Golden State Warriors but I'll tell you this when the Golden State Warriors went up against the LA Clippers and it was Patrick Beverly against Stephen Curry, and guess what Stephen Curry did? He coughed up that ball eight times to help Patrick Beverly maintain a three-steal average for the season. Folks, behind him, we got Ben Simmons putting up 2.7 steals per game. And then behind him is, is Jason Tatum. Good imagine anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Yes, you can't. No, you can't. Yes, I can't. No, you can't. No, you can't because you tied with 2.7 as well, Mr. Jason Tatum. But also in the same category, singing the same, I could do anything better than you song folks the guy that now pops up for the third time on our list folks and we're talking about the guy that has surprised us all with what he has done in minnesota because we didn't know until we got to the bottom of this part that he was actually doing so much work yes folks call anthony towns again 2.7 steals to go along with all of the other stuff that he has done folks and that is just the top five from the regular players. But you know what? I did I did I did ask you, are you guys not in love with RJ Barrett yet? I did sit here and ask you blatantly, are you not in love with RJ Barrett yet? And you know what? I didn't quite get an answer from you. But I did have a I did have a couple of Knicks fans, you know, at least one Knicks fan tell me that they wasn't quite sure about RJ Barrett. There were some things that they that they didn't quite love quite as of yet. But you know what? And I had a very lengthy conversation about him. I'm talking about Knicks, I'm talking about basketball, we're talking about football, but we've talked about Knicks and RJ Barrett specifically. And you know what? I don't know what you didn't see in RJ Barrett. So you know what? We're gonna continue the trend, but this time we are gonna talk about the rookies of the bunch. And folks, for these neophytes of the game, for the rookies of the game. Folks, I didn't want to call this giving them the participation award because, you know, they are just too young right now. So, you know what? This is actually real talk for you. So, go ahead and let's talk about our Apollo kids, folks. Leading all scorers in the NBA. Now, pay attention. As rookies, folks, with 21 points per game is them rookie out of Miami, Kendrick Nunn with 21 points. That's an even 21 points. I got to see how many games he played. We got to see how many games Kendrick Nunn played. But for right now, he leads all rookies with 21 points. Behind him, by half a point. Number two in scoring for all rookies, New York Knicks' own R.J. Barrett. I.A. Barrett. I.A. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, folks, with 20.5 points per game. Behind him, folks, is the rookie out of New Orleans. Nope, oh, we still got... Oh, I thought I unplugged you for a second. Make sure all levels is good. Levels is good. Levels is good. Okay. Behind him, 
is the rookie out of New Orleans, Jackson Hayes, with 19 points per game. Then we're followed up with the number three pick in the draft, John Morant out of Memphis with 17.5 points per game. And then we also get we also get the foreigner that plays for Washington, the Japanese-born folks, Rui Hachimaru with 16.3 points per game. And you know what? This isn't the only time that we're going to see Hachimaru pop up on the list because you know who leads all rookies in rebounding? Yes, Washington's own Rui Hachimaru. And with the way that Rui Hachimaru is playing, he looks like a very good compliment to John Wall and Bradley Beal. So we're going to see how this plans out. Now, behind, behind Rua Hachimara, number two in rebounds amongst all rookies, behind him by .2 rebounds, is R.J. Barrick from the New York Knicks, getting 7.5 rebounds per game as a rookie. To, be, to make himself number two. Behind him, the, the, the kid out of Washington, P.J. Washington. I mean, the kid out of Charlotte, P.J. Washington with 6.8. After that, there's the kid out of Miami. Is that Miami? I think that's Miami. Tyler Hero. Yeah, that's definitely out of Miami. We got Tyler Hero out of Miami. And then we also have Brandon Clark out of Memphis. Tyler Hero is putting up 6.3. Brandon Clark is putting up five, five rebounds per game. And then we get to the assist category. In the assist category, we're not going to talk about RJ here because he's not really an assister. But if I wanted to make him an honorary mention, he could have been. Just to let you know. But leading all assist leaders is John Morant with five assists per game. Behind him, we're going to hear we got another team we're talking about again. Uh, again, and we're going to hear multiple players from them being talked about. It's going to be New Orleans zone again. But it's a different player from New Orleans. This isn't Jackson Hayes anymore. This is Nick. Alexander Walker We've also getting 5 assists per game Behind him is Darius Garland for Cleveland with 3.7 Then we got Cody White at Chicago with 3.3 And also with 3.3 is Nunn out of Miami Yep folks, the same Kendrick Nunn That's leading them in scoring Is also 5th amongst all rookies in assists And I'm telling you, RJ Barrick is right behind him If he had teammates that could hit more consistent shots And then folks, in steals Steel leader in rookies, Philadelphia's own Matisse Thibella. Oh no, we just saw Marcus Smart just literally just drop his body weight and just fall on. Yeah, he just literally just fell on him. Yeah, Marcus Smart just literally just let his body weight go and he fell on him. <laughs> Marcus Smart, uh, what he does on defense, like because of how he does it, you don't even notice it. But but he did a dirty play. He literally he literally went on the guy, boxed, tried to box him off on the face, but then literally threw his whole body weight on him and and fell on him. I wonder if this is a reviewable play because this should be a play that's on Marcus Smart. And not on Giannis. But it may be too late. This Boston is up 106-96 with just two minutes and eight seconds left to go. As we have about just about two minutes and eight seconds left to go in this podcast. Right, so we have Matisse Thybella with 2.7 steals. Leading all rookies from Philadelphia. Behind him? Yes, folks. You guessed it. Again, 
number two amongst all rookies, behind him by .7. So in points, he's .5 off the lead. In, re and in rebounds, he's .2 off the lead. And in steals, he's .7 off the lead. Is R.J. Barrett with a clean two steals per game amongst all rookies. Behind him is Cameron Reddish with 1.8. Behind him, John Morant with 1.8. And behind him, we're going to see Kendrick Nunn again. Besides Kendrick Nunn, that popped up in, that popped up in points, assist, and steals. You have no other player that is a rookie that is leading that that is top five in scoring that is also top five in three other cat in two additional categories. You have no other rookie outside of R.J. Barrett that is in the top five of at least three statistical categories as a rookie. You get Kendrick Nunn, points. Kendrick Nunn. Assist. Kendrick Nunn steals. Miami. Be happy, Miami. It's probably one of the reasons why you're sitting there 3-1. and one. You get Ja Morant. He does some good things. Actually, I'm lying. Ja Morant may be the other one. Ja Morant, fourth in points. Ja Morant, first in assist. Ja Morant, third, fourth in, I'm sorry, fourth in steals. Then you get R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, second in points. R.J. Barrett. Second in rebounds. R.J. Barrett. Second in steals. And if I said, okay, Google, show me R.J. Barrett's stats for this year, I guarantee you it will tell me that in assist that R.J. Barrett is a whole lot closer than you are thinking so far. It would prove to it would show to you, and that's going into today's game, right? I have no clue how today's game is gonna look, but if I wanted to do a R.J. Barrett, right? If I wanted to do R.J. Barrett's assist numbers, guess what? It all depends on how you wanna how you wanna rearrange it, because R.J. Barrett is also, folks, averaging 3.3 assists per game. So literally, R.J. Barrett is the only one in all four of these statistical categories in the, that could be in place in the top five. So if you're not in love with R.J. Barrett as of yet, I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're watching. But I'm glad that you're listening to the Mighty Sports Podcast because this is the end of the show. We're done. I got nothing else to say to you. R.J. Barrett's gonna be good for the Knicks. We just gotta find a point guard to put in there. This has been the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one and only Dylan Tomar Taylor, the Brooklyn Buzzsaw, the Tin Man himself, Tony Baritone. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We'll be right back here next week. Live at 807 on mytsports.net. Can I get can I get that show closer? Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Yeah. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. My tea. Sports.